Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, happy Pie Day, but <laughs> most importantly, happy birthday, good sir. Well, thank you, but I don't know if birthdays are anything to celebrate at my age. Oh, come on. You, you've made it so far, you know? I mean, and there's more time even left to go, right? Yeah, there will be tomorrow. Good health. How do and you tomorrow feel? Tomorrow and tomorrow. <laughs> How do you feel at, uh, you know... Your age. Oh, I feel my age. Yeah. <laughs> I feel my age. Well, I got you a present. So it is your very own brand new Alan Trammell starting lineup action figure, complete with collector coin. One of your favorite shortstops of all time, right? Yes, yes. There you go. Happy birthday. With the original Toys R Us sticker still on there it as well. Go. Well, I can't tell you how appreciative I am. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly happy to celebrate your birthday because that means we're here doing this show and our fourth on the uh, YouTube channel. So let's get started. Um, we are two weeks into spring training. Um, do you have any uh, spring training standouts that you've seen thus far? No. No. Um, I, I've watched uh, a couple of games. Um, I, I was telling you just uh, a while ago, the Red Sox looked really strong, but I don't yeah. think you can't judge things at this stage of spring training. No, not at all. The, I don't, veterans, veteran players are trying to get in shape and get their timing down and get their their strength up and in preparation and their golf scores down for uh, (laughs) the season ahead. Uh, I think you have a lot of young guys that are trying to prove themselves and you have people coming over from other leagues and stuff, but I don't, I think most veterans and you, like, as I said, I saw the Red Sox play the other day and I think Kimbrell pitched in the second or third inning. They went backwards with their bullpen, hoping that these guys will face maybe a starter or two, you know, Uh, but yeah, you have somebody who's hitting 600 at this stage of spring and he's (laughs) doing this against people who will never see double A pitching, you know, uh, and vice versa, you know, so no, it's, uh, you want to see who's healthy and who how um it seems people coming back from injury what condition they're in yeah well you told me a story that's one of my favorites um about mad dog and how he utilized his spring training time and that he really had a lot of foresight didn't he oh well, I, I'm not certain which story you're referring to right now, but yes, he did. That he he, he would throw pitches oh, yeah. in spring training knowing that in the middle of July he was going to throw a different... He was setting up pitches oh, it, right. for two or three months into the season with a particular spring training at bat. Right, he would give them a hit so that uh, they would think when on a 2-0 pitch when he's seen two fastballs that the fadeaway that didn't work that he comes back with a curve or something but then he comes back with something completely different later yeah i mean he was brilliant yeah well there you go <laughs> that's a good way for a veteran to use uh spring training but um i'm going to point out a couple that i think it, it is worth noting um number 1 this uh young ho park uh with the twins mashing it home runs uh seemingly every at bat He's the Korean Babe Ruth, clearly, right. right? Well, it appears to be so, but let's see when he starts facing Major League pitching. Yeah, but then uh, a couple other ones to note. Um, Hector Oliveira from our Atlanta Braves, um, hitting above four hundred and uh, largely playing at second base. How would you feel about him as our second baseman? I don't know. I have seen him play second base. 
Oh, he is okay. So I just read that wrong. Um, no, I, I, I'd have to. I mean, I'd have to see him play second base before I believe it. I mean, I, I it looks like our future, uh, our two biggest prospects. They're not both going to play short. You know, uh, right. one, one of them is going to move if they stay on the team. Uh, so grooming the person that we gave away so much for to play. Apparently he can't play anywhere. I, you know, yeah, I had heard, you know, before spring training began that he was going to be our starting left fielder, you know, so. and third base and, right. and so on and so forth. Just that. Um, yeah. I mean, now on the other hand, Albies has impressed with his defense at shortstop right. and hitting pretty well. As, right. Do you think there's a, there's a call up in his future for 2016? Oh, I think, yes, I think it's very possible that we could see a lot of people before this season is out. Um, I think, realistically, uh, Swanson or uh, Albies is liable to come up fairly early. We're liable to be trading some more veterans on the team. Yeah. Um, And then, lastly... uh, Ibar is a good ball player. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, and Enciarte is hitting really well. Yeah, I mean, this is all Braves talk here, but you know, yeah. uh, there's reasons for that, of course, with you and I. Um, yeah, uh, Ibar, I, you know, I'll I'll tolerate him until Swanson or Albies takes his place, you know. Right, right. Um, but it's like, yeah, I, I, it just looking at him, I see Andrelton there, and it just breaks my heart. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to accept him as one of our own. Um, that being uh, that being said, that aside. Um, with the Nationals, Tanner Roark is pitching incredibly well early in spring training. We didn't really talk about this when we did our National League look at the best teams on paper. I think if Roark is indeed here, if he arrives yeah. this year, that changes the whole dynamic with Washington, that uh, they will run away with that division. Wouldn't you? Uh, if if, if Roark arrives and Strasburg can pitch at full potential or at least near to his full potential, and then you've got Scherzer... Like, then they're better than the Mets, clearly. Uh, well, I, I've said this for a while now, right? Until I see otherwise, I think Washington is the better team. And I think they could conceivably run away with the, the division. Uh, but losing Zimmerman, you know. Exactly. Losing the, Zimmerman. Uh, I know, thought the, that that put them behind the Mets, considering the Mets have Syndergaard, Harvey, DeGrom, oh, possibly yeah. uh, the Wheeler uh, but, and Mats, you know. I, in pitching wise, but you're right. I mean, uh, Scherzer and Strasburg could be, and it is a contract year for Strasburg. So, uh, exactly. The, uh, I have to believe that even though it didn't, it didn't appear that way last year, that the Nationals offense is better than the, the Mets. Uh, Nationals had an, uh, an abysmal year last year, but they had a lot of injuries and I think they're a stronger team than the Mets are right now. Uh, I'll have to see, and a lot will depend on the bullpens. You know, so. Yeah, well, and then the Dusty Baker factor. He's clearly an upgrade over Matt Williams by all accounts. So, But I just, you know, looking at two weeks into spring training at this point, I think Tanner Roark doing as well as he is, that's significant. You know, Clayton Kershaw is, of course, hit, you know, zero hit, zero ERA, whatever, but he's the Greg Maddox, you know, uh, paragon. Um, doesn't really matter. He's more like Pedro. Yeah. Um so let's look at uh, a couple of injuries and a couple of free agent signings. Uh, David Freeze finally lands with the Pirates. Your thoughts on this? Uh, good for the Pirates. Yeah? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that, is he starting for the Pirates? You think that or? I don't know. That I don't know. But he's uh, another piece that didn't cost him much. The Pirates have made so many good decisions in the last uh, ten years. That uh, gosh, that long now. Uh, yeah, I know. Hard to believe, right? That uh, I'm not going to question that at all. I think it's a good sign for them. Yeah, and you know, World Series experience, right? Yeah, <laughs> very dramatically so. Um, interestingly enough. Uh, Sports Illustrated had its 100 greatest uh, sports moments very thin on the baseball front. Uh, the Kirk Gibson home run was in the 50s, and then I forget what they had. The, 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 the seminal baseball moment was the shot heard around the world. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, you think? I think. Um, Mad Dog pointed out the 2011 World Series as being a seminal moment, but 92 with Sid Bream coming into home with the piano on his back. Made a big case for that, which I gave me a brought brought joy to my heart. Um, and then the person that Freeze replaces Alvarez goes to the Orioles. Um, is that significant for Baltimore, considering they have a lot of really good hitters that are poor defenders? So I I just got to think it's not going to be enough for Baltimore. They I mean they just don't have the pitching. I I think Baltimore is uh, going to finish under five hundred. Yeah, well, uh, Matt Wieters is uh, going under an MR- is getting an MRI. Um, how significant is it if they don't have Wieters on opening day? I mean, yeah. you already think they're going to tank anyway. But. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm. It's significant. They had to pay so much money for to get their own players back. You yeah, know? yeah. They didn't get them all, so you know. not not a good omen. Um, and then uh, Madison Bumgarner, he misses a start. Uh, don't know how significant that is, but Corey Seager is now going to be out for one, maybe two weeks. So he's going to start the year favoring an injury. Um, how significant is this for the uh, topsy-turvy Los Angeles Dodgers? The Dodgers are, what if you look at their farm system right now, they're amassing just incredible amounts of talent that's like one year away. Uh, they're going... They have the best pitcher in baseball, right? And they will. They have so much, so many resources. They're going to be competitive. They'll be there all year. I don't think they're worried at all about you know if Seager, what you your your back hurts a little bit, we'll sit down for a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> I, I think you know they're they're not in the same position that most teams are. Yeah, it, they're it, not playing. They're not playing for this year. They're playing for a dynasty. Right, yeah. and and that's I mean, anybody in the know I, that that's the obvious truth. But dysfunction is dysfunction, and oh, that's true. How how uh, how worrisome is it that they can't see? They don't know who's in charge. Like you know, it's not just who's they on first. Have, they do have a whole you know, lot of general managers, right? So, you know, that's like they, the going joke is right, that all right. There's six or seven GMs in that front office, so yeah, they work in cubicles and stuff. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, it'll remain to be seen. I mean, the the, the the caliber of players they could be calling up in you know July and August uh, will make a big difference. Um, but for the Dodgers, though, uh, you know, in in the Steinbrenner era this wouldn't be tolerated. If it's George Steinbrenner with this Dodgers roster, let's say, he would not allow for, you know, forget about this year. Is there any owner that is... George Steinbrenner was never owner of the Dodgers. You do realize No, that. I do. Let me take that back. 
Steinbrenner would never have with a with with a like Steinbrenner with the kind of payroll that the Dodgers have right now, you know, three hundred million dollars. Oh, okay. If Steinbrenner uh, had this team, this type of team built in New York, he wouldn't allow for a wait till next year mentality. He's no longer with us. Is there any owner that carries the flag of George Steinbrenner in this day and age? Uh, um. I think Detroit does their fair share uh, of buying people, uh, and Washington certainly does. They don't mind buying all Boris agents and stuff, and uh, the uh, or uh, Boris clients. Uh, I I think the, there's some, several that do. I think uh, I, most famous of all of these people. Uh, I, there have been owners like this forever. Tom Yawkety, before free agency, was you know said to provide a um, a country club atmosphere for the Red Sox, and they were all paid very well. And they they were a very good ball team. They just weren't the Yankees. Uh, the uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Angels uh, cowboy. Uh, oh, uh, Gene yeah, Autry. Gene Autry. Uh, you you know he went into the free agent market. He bought everybody he could, you know, collecting people, but he didn't, uh, didn't always have baseball men leading the way. Right. Sure. Uh, but, uh, and unfortunate, but great cowboy though. The, uh, but so, singing cowboy. Yes, he was. I would say that, yeah, Illich would be the closest, you know, yeah. it's just hard to believe that a, a team with that much money invested in its current payroll is thinking about next year, you right, know? Right. So, uh, for what it's worth. All right. And then lastly, uh, J- Justin Upton already favoring some injuries with the Tigers. How significant is this for your projected seller dweller in the AL Central? Um, Breaking my heart with that, by the way. Well, I'm sorry, but I uh, <laughs> I think that's one of the maybe the best division in baseball, too. I mean, right. So. I would have to agree. That or the NL Central, but. Yeah. But. Um, there are two teams in AL Central. I don't think it's that significant uh, about Upton. I don't, you know, Upton's he'll be all right. I mean, it's early, You're right? <laughs> you wanted to play golf. I don't know. I mean, you know, you don't pay attention to that sort of stuff in spring. This part of spring training. All right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. So, so let's move on. Uh, going first to third today, we're going to talk about uh, surprise teams. Who our surprise team is. Uh, in each league for this year, once actual baseball has started. And then look at some of the most surprising teams um, of the last 50 years or thereabouts. Um, so let's let's jump right in. For 2016, who is your surprise Dark Horse team starting in the American League? Well, l- let me say, we've talked about this. First of all, to say there is a surprise team is... Hard, nobody's going to surprise you. In the American League, there are two teams that aren't going to hit, hit 500. I mean, yeah. the Orioles and the Mariners, I don't think anybody, even the most, or, I mean, I'm sorry, Oakland and uh, the Mariners. I don't right. Know, uh, these teams are in rebuilding things. They're liable not to win uh, 60 games. Uh, That's they'll harsh win, on They'll the... win that many. They'll win that many. Yeah. Uh, but, I was going to say, don't bet that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but they're not going to finish 500. I don't think anybody is uh, questioning that. But right. everybody else, somebody believes they're going to win. Yeah. Uh, the Twins came out of nowhere, won 83 games or whatever last year. Uh, and they've got 
potentially the rookie of the year and the MVP and all sorts of people. And, right. Uh, and the Korean Babe Ruth. Right, right. Clearly. Uh, the, uh, I mean, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, Tampa, the White Sox. People are looking at the White Sox as, you know, project, they're projected to win as many games as anybody in the uh, American League. Yeah, they uh, got the best. They got the Cy Young. They've got the potential MVP. Right. The, yeah. The Royals have done all right the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Indians <laughs> are everybody's baby. You know, the Tigers do go out and get Upton and Zimmerman. and uh, They spent some money. They got K-Rod in the bullpen, too. Right, right. So, On paper, their bullpen is finally a bullpen, but we know how that usually turns out in Detroit. It, it leaves you. I don't think the Twins... The Twins, the Yankees, or the Angels. If one of those teams made it to the uh, the playoffs, well, I don't, no, I think you can even say they could make it to the playoffs. Uh, but I, if they won the whole thing, that that would be somewhat of a surprise. I don't think they will. Uh, if yeah. I have to, you know, the only surprise team I can do in the American League, I think the Tigers uh, won't play five hundred. Oh. Breaking my heart. I'm sorry, but you know, uh, it's still with those pickups, that that's the only. Anybody so you're going else winning. You're uh, going for the seller surprise. Well, it still would be a surprise, I think, if the Tigers go out and sign these people and all this stuff and don't play 500. Yeah, it would be a, a horrible surprise. <laughs> Worst <laughs> birthday ever. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my, I'm going to say Tampa Bay. Um, just because they get written off so easily and everyone thinks Tampa Bay, you know, they don't have Madden anymore. They don't have, uh, uh, the Andrew Cashman up there in the front office, but they have like what, seven or eight, I think nine pitchers, nine pitchers. Yeah. If they each win 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if the Mariners are as bad again this year as they were last year. Except they they're trying to strip some of, of their resources and stuff. I you know yeah I, I would be surprised too. I'd be surprised too. But there's no excuse for my picking them <laughs> like I did last year. Well, no, so I'm not absolutely not. Um, Tampa, you know what what's the ceiling? The surprise ceiling? Well, see that's for Tampa. Tampa could be they could with that pitching staff they could win ninety plus games. Sure, they could also win. 70 plus too i mean they're the one of the harder teams i think to figure well yeah and they've got it built as constructed they've got both ends of the game pitching wise covered really well right you know um the bullpen should not be uh left out of uh of mention um what do you think of uh evan longoria there in tampa do you think that um I don't know. Is 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 his desire to 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 win a World Series going to start being a a a, a public factor? Like, are we going to start to hear chatter at some point of a desire to be traded? I mean, they signed him to a twenty-seven year deal or something like yeah. that. It's one of the most bizarre contracts I think ever handed out in baseball. Um, but you know, is it safe to say that maybe they're wasting the final prime years of Mister Longoria? No, no. Okay. Uh, the uh, are they wasting them? Uh, yeah, they haven't. They don't have the resources that a lot of other teams. Have. Nobody goes to their games, you know, uh, in that ballpark, and they can't get another ballpark. And well, then, and then there again is kind of one of my feelings of a of a motivating factor. If they perform really well above, uh, you know, eye test expectations, 
Couldn't they use that as leverage to say, like, look, you need to give us a new stadium because we're a done qual- that. They've yeah. done that. I mean, yeah. all of those matches. So they're going to do it again. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing it for. It's uh, it's a bad situation. Yeah, but you're right. Back to this. The um, you're right. The American League is so wide open that it's hard to say who would be a genuine yeah, spread right. unless it would be Oakland. And so, hey, let's go with Oakland. No, Oakland. <laughs> you're no. not Sunny Gray. You yeah. know they got Sunny Gray, so mm-hmm. they they find a way to to mix chemistry together well sometimes. So now the more uh, interesting National League. Who's your surprise team in the National League this year? Well, I got to qualify it again. I mean now. The National League, so much is influenced by the fact that, like, in the Eastern Division, the three teams that aren't rebuilding, uh, although the Marlins are, uh, I mean, get to play the Braves and the Yankees, or the Braves and the Phillies that many times. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to make them better. They're going to ha- their records will be better. Uh, likewise, um, you have uh, the Reds and the Rockies. Uh, or, I mean, the Reds and the Brewers, you know, in the Central, and that makes those three teams uh, better. Right. Uh, however, the, you know, I think it, the, you, uh, again, you've got, what is it, five teams that just aren't going to make it. And they uh, don't want to. Right, right. The Braves do not want to be good. <laughs> no. Let's just say, anybody no. out there thinking that this last year is going to be something magical. The Braves do not want to win. No, no. It's the most painful thing to sit through. And I know you've had to go through this more times than I, but man, yeah, they don't, they don't want, neither do the Reds. They don't want to win because it ruins their draft stat, their draft order or whatever. Yeah. Um, They will. I, I'm encouraged that this year, I think we might see uh, them play better in the second half. We might, right. uh, as they bring up some people, but uh, the Braves. The It'll Phillies, be worth watching. Yeah, yeah the Braves, Phillies, the Reds, the Rockies, the Brewers, not going to be there. Uh, and realistically, the Padres and Miami won't play uh, five hundred either. Right. And, uh, where's that genius in San Diego now? Yeah, I know. All right. So, uh, <laughs> womp womp. Everybody else, though, you you can make an argument that they, you know. That they're competitive, that they will be in the hunt. Uh, I don't see. I don't see only the Padres or Miami could sneak up and be a team that would surprise you. Everybody else, um, it, it's not going to surprise you to see the Pirates, you know, uh, overturn the Cardinals and the Cubs. It's not going to surprise you. Yeah, you know? considering uh, those three teams combined almost won three hundred games last right, year. Right. Right. So, so uh, and. Um, <laughs> The Mets or the Nationals, you know, uh, and uh, the Dodgers, the Giants, and now the Diamondbacks, you know, they've spent a lot of money. They've got a lot of top players. they got La Russa uh, and Stewart in the front office. Those right. guys like to win. So. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't see any of them as a surprise. So what I'm, again, have to take kind of the reverse thing. I think the Cardinals <laughs> uh, will be my surprise team. I don't think uh, they will make the playoffs for this time. Now, Are you sure that's not just wishful thinking on your part? It may very well be. When I was sitting here trying to figure out what I was going to choose, I was like, yeah. can this be the year? I mean, every, you know, uh, I, I certainly want to see the Pirates and the Cubs do well. But, you know, uh, the team in St. Louis, not so much. Uh, but it, I'm, I'm saying where are the wild cards going to come from? You know, uh, so Why? I see. I think either the Mets or the Nationals, one of them will be a wild card because they – they don't have to play they you know as many competitive games as do the 
Cardinals and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And and same thing. I mean, the the Dodgers, uh, Diamondbacks, and Giants will be beating up on each other all exactly. year. Exactly. I I want to say Miami, but that's only because Miami is a go big or go home. And last year they went home so emphatically that and it, it has such a bizarre mix of characters and subplots with the greatest hitter in baseball mixed with <laughs> Donnie baseball. Um, you know, I mean, that team could, in theory, win 100 games, you know, right? I mean, and a, a full year of Giancarlo Stanton, you do have Ichiro, uh, who, I don't know, veteran leadership presence maybe i mean ichiro is just a good is a hall of famer having a hall of fame baseball player on your team is can't be a bad thing but would you be surprised if miami's in the world series i mean you picked them last year yes you would be yes okay i kind of would be too so hence they're going to be my surprise pick but i wouldn't consider that a sneaking up on anybody um Okay, and then my my hot take a couple weeks ago was that uh, the Nationals will not make the playoffs, and that the Dodgers would not make the playoffs. Um, I'm gonna change that based on this Tanner Roark uh, revelation. Um, So in the negative, I still don't think the Dodgers make the playoffs, and I know that that doesn't probably seem to even matter. uh, But I, I don't think the Dodgers are gonna. Even with the super talent that might come up, I just think they're going to miss it because it's so competitive at the top in the National League. So uh, it is, and well, it, you're saying the Dodgers uh, are going to make playoffs, just like me saying the Cardinals aren't going to make playoffs. Right. I mean, we're uh, and realistically, you could take any of these teams because there are that many good teams that are going to be competitive. And when things fall throughout the season. Injuries. injuries take place and uh people just things somebody starts to hit uh you know to the right side you know and somebody's slider becomes a little bit better their third pitch is now things will everything will change that's true um but you know this all brings us to a greater point how exciting is it that there are so many good teams in baseball you know we're, I, we're, we counted up just like t- 20 20 out of 30, 21, 22 out of 30, I, that'll... I certainly never remember it this way. I, yeah. First of all, a good portion of my life, I don't remember there being this many teams, period. Because there haven't been. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, I've never known this kind of competitiveness before. But then I've also never known so many teams to be just god-awful. Yeah, you know, I that's mean, true. <laughs> the pendulum, yes. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about their eight teams that are going to that probably aren't going to win 70 games yeah (laughs) you know yeah that's uh, a league worth you know 50 years ago um but i mean it's interesting we we were talking before the show that you know the ncaa tournament brackets came out over the weekend i have not bothered to even look neither of you our march madness takes place in october now so absolutely credit to the wild cards all right so let's talk historically speaking and you go ahead and begin with this. The, in the last 50 years, what teams were the most surprising success stories that nobody saw coming to Well, you? all right. Uh, biased, uh, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to be too with what you're about the, to say. The, I, uh, I have a feeling. I think uh, in 91, nobody saw... The, I, I've been a diehard fan for 
ever since they moved here, before they moved here. And I, I didn't think they were going to uh, do what they did. Yeah. Uh, go to one game winning it all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think there are a lot of people uh, in Minnesota that thought the same thing. Uh, it was, I mean, in 90, you know, uh, both teams were in last place. I mean, in, in 90, you say, well, some of this pitching might be all right. You know, we might get a starter. We might get a Carl Morton out of this, you know. Uh, but nobody <laughs> nobody expected that. Uh, and and it, it was lo- deep into the season that, that the surprise switched you know the surprise started to happen especially with the Braves because Smoltz was so terrible in the first half of 91 you know he he was thinking he was going to get sent down or I I forget exactly at that moment almost came to pass but that you know he famously says how how bad he was doing the first half of that year right well they uh that it was a magical year. I mean, and they looked good from the beginning. They didn't look like they were going to be what they were. But uh, too many. I'm getting messed up with. Yeah, the, the grammar is not here. not working correctly on that. Yeah. They looked good from the beginning, and it and 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 so the fact that you just weren't expecting them to be as good. No, no, no. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't expect it to stand up. Yeah. And then the Twins, you know, wasn't it 87 with the Twins? I'm going to look this up. Where they did the same thing. They did the same thing. Right. So the Twins have had kind of a history of this. Right. The Twins you Twins fans want them to be really terrible on a given year because right. then they know they can bank on the next year. Yeah. Um so would that be you think the greatest surprise of the last 50 years because No, 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 no. No. Uh the uh kind of have to Start started off with the sixty nine Mets, right? And which you know the Miracle Mets, all this stuff. Uh, What's the most underappreciated thing about the Miracle Mets, in your opinion? The thing that no one talks about as to a, a big factor as to why they were good, as amazing as they were. I don't think uh, um, there's any question why that those Mets were as good as they were. They had the best pitcher of a generation yeah uh but see that's the obvious thing i mean yeah. do you remember a specific game or something along the way that like really turned the tide with that team no uh i, I don't because it, it in the middle of august uh the cubs had a nine and a half game lead uh and i felt uh i, I was like what the Mets are getting better, uh, yeah. but uh, they kind of came out of nowhere. Now, and and I also have to that was, the Braves. You got to remember, got into that first playoff. Uh, they were there. They lost to the Mets, but right. I was paying more attention to the Braves than I was to the rise of the Mets in those days. And I seriously thought the Cubs were. That was just such a stacked team. I mean, if right. there was yeah. one team that was. Uh, in Cub history that should have broken this curse, it was that team. Uh, More than 2003? Yes. Really? Yes. I don't know. Pryor and Wood, never seen those two guys in that season. Fergie Jenkins. All right, uh, fine. Ken Holtzman, uh, you know, no. All right. 69 Cubs. Uh, yeah. Bill Hand. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that, that's, uh, if I remember right, that's Kessinger and Beckert and Santo and uh, Banks and, Hungley and all those people. That was a tremendous team, and Leo was leading them. You kind of thought, yeah, uh, that that's a that's a good person to have, you know, calling the shots. Yeah, 
Um, it's interesting that the Cubs, I'm looking at it here, they sh- they finished eight games out of first. Right, right. When it was right. all said I mean, and done. it was like a 27-game turn from the middle of August. Uh, Hunley at catcher, Ernie Banks, uh, Glenn Beckert, uh, Kessinger, Kessinger, Santa Sam. Williams, Don Young, and Jim Hickman in right. Right. Yeah, okay. Phil, Fernie Jenkins, Bill Hands, yeah. Um, I'll give you one from, uh, you know, more in my my uh, recent memory. The 2002 Angels. Who who knew anything of them at the start of that season? Well, I, I'll, I'll agree. Uh, we have a tendency to have East Coast bias because you don't yeah. watch the Angels as much. Uh, I've always thought Mike Sosha is one of the best managers in baseball. Uh, I certainly didn't appreciate it until that year. You know, I, I I forget at what point uh, he took over the helm, but man, I mean, the Rally Monkey they right. they made the monkey famous. Um, I think that you know the the I mean you know a team led by the likes of uh, David Eckstein and uh, Darren Erstad and and then the next year the 2003 Marlins. Now the '97 Marlins that was store bought. That didn't surprise anybody when you've got Gary Sheffield and Al Leiter and. So on and so forth. Marlins, but, though, they were accumulating a whole bunch of talent. You know, that, that first fire sale they had, they made out like bandits. It wasn't that surprising that they were, they were that good. They were good a year early, but I, I don't think uh, that surprised that many people. Yeah. By the way, um, the uh, 2002 Angels um, also featured Troy Gloss as their big uh, slugger, but... They only won 75 games the previous season and won 99 right. in 2002. So pretty epic turnaround uh, that I think surprised almost everybody. Certainly surprised me. So, um, But the 2003 Marlins, you don't think of that as a surprise team. No. I mean, they, were, they were dead to rights come May, and then Jack McKeon comes in. and you know, right. Well, they've had problems with their managers forever. Right, true. Um, and of course that team also had a very young Miguel Cabrera and Dontre Willis, Derek Lee. So hard to think that that talent, Josh Beckett, of course. So hard they, to think they had that accumulated a tremendous uh, Lowell was still there. They had a tremendous amount of talent. Yeah. Um, how about the 82 Braves? Um, I think that surprised a lot of people. Uh, but 82, you know, you've, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, it established Joe Torrey uh, more right. than anything, uh, but um, you got to remember we had we did have a couple of Hall of Famers on the team. I mean, sure. I, I'm saying Murphy is one. I, he's not, but uh, in our hearts, he always will. Oh yeah, uh, be and Nico I, was I, on the team. I mean, they yeah. they came together. They had. Uh, I it was that Horner and Chambliss and those guys uh, on that team the uh, and um, thirteen and zero to start the year right that was right. huge in oh, yeah. in Atlanta yeah. yeah it was yeah we started looking at them for, uh, in a positive way from the beginning but it you know a year like that is going to come on I don't it wasn't that surprising they had a fairly good team that where the pieces all fell together you know right okay. Um, fair enough. So, so I'll, I'll who else you, do you have? Yeah. All right, I'll give you another one. Uh, the '67 Red Sox. It's sure. Hey, uh, th- uh, they were a possible dream. Yes, and uh, and I'll t- the reason that I think that was a surprise is that was the year that Carl Yastrzemski became a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, right. he had been good outfielder prior to that, and he <laughs> became. 
I mean, if it happened at another time, you would have been certain that that was the year he started was juiced, uh, right? Because I mean, you know, he goes from like twelve home runs to forty four, you know, or whatever it was. It was yeah, yeah, in a different era, if that happens in uh, you know the <laughs> early to mid two thousands, yep, get them tested. Yeah. Not sure they had uh, whatever the the cream and the clear in 1967. <laughs> no, no. But uh, and the and Jim Lonborg, that was his only great year like that, you know. So uh, I think that kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, you have the nickname the Impossible Dream. You, right. you know, you have to include that. Um, I'll give you one. This is a right. hot take. Um, stay, bringing it back to the 2000. Now the the 07 Rockies, obviously. Yes, if they win twenty one out of twenty two, if they win twenty out of twenty two, they're not even in the, right. the playoffs. So that's for certain. Um, the O eight Rays, I guess, similar to the O three Marlins, that just they had accumulated talent, and yeah. we just didn't know who Joe Madden was. But what about the two thousand and ten San Francisco Giants? Considering and Kuiper, their Hall of Fame caliber, Hall of Famer already play by play guy, called it Giants baseball is torture. The uh... I couldn't believe that they won the World Series, considering how many one win, one run wins they they had amassed throughout the year. That's often the case with World Series teams. They often win all the one run games. Uh, the yeah. Earl Weaver was sure. famous for this, and he played for three run homers. Uh, so. You know uh, that they won all those one-run games. That doesn't make them a surprise. I, I was sure. surprised to see them uh, win that first one. Uh, yeah, but I ha- didn't see a team that was strong in that division. Uh, you know that they won the division was not that surprising because there wasn't a dominant team in the division at that time. No, that's true. The uh, the Diamondbacks were way off, and the Dodgers yeah. weren't exactly there yet with their pieces. No, oh, they were in divorce court. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, interesting to note, the star slugger on the 2010 uh, uh, Giants was Aubrey Huff. Oh, okay. There, that's How about a... that? And you had a 23-year-old catcher that year that not a lot of people have heard, heard right. of. Uh, at this point, we've heard of him pretty well. So. Yeah, no, well, the, uh, exactly. We didn't, we didn't know him. Um, yeah, sure. The uh, I'll give you another one. Uh, the well, you I, I think the all time biggest surprise uh, has to be that the what the Phillies did in '64. Yeah, uh, but going whole, in the opposite direction, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, the uh, I think there would be somebody from Philadelphia after us if we didn't mention it. Uh, right. The uh, they're probably after us for mentioning it too because right. it brings up so many. So many scars deep down. Who who comes who comes and takes over the Cardinals? You know, uh, and think of how that would have changed Philadelphia's whole uh, their franchise and everything because uh, that team beat the Yankees. That was the last year the Yankees go to the World Series, and uh, the Cardinals beat them four four to nothing. You know, four zip. Yeah, uh, the Phillies would have beat them too. There are five or six teams by the. the Yankees were just wheezing uh, by the time they got to the World Series that year. They were old and broken down, and you know, uh, yeah. The uh, if the Phillies had won the World Series and beaten the Yankees, uh, that would have changed that franchise for a long time. Sure, but I mean, you know, hey, 1980, and then now 2008. How much does a a World Series title at some point? Um, 
how much goodwill does that buy for for past uh, discretions? Because I mean, obviously, we've seen it with the Red Sox. If a Red Sox fan ever complains at this point, you're right. liable to sock them in the teeth. <laughs> right, right. But like with some, like like let's look at the Phillies. Even right now, the 2008 World Series title. How how much goodwill is that? Do they still have goodwill carrying over from that from that year? No, I don't think so because they're all gone. Well, yeah. not all of them. Ryan Howard's still there, you know. <laughs> yeah, probably to the surprise of everybody, including Ryan Howard. Is there anybody else? That's actually, is he? I don't think so, because with Utley gone, I think Utley and Howard were the last two with Rollins as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the sixty-four fold. Um, you know, I don't think. I guess in in formulating my uh, uh, my ideas for the biggest surprises, I didn't think in the reverse. But maybe the 2011 Braves, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, or the 2011 Red, Red Sox. Sox. Uh, yeah, both of them. There you uh, go. You know, that's just heartbreaking. I don't know. Right. That that the Phillies were six and a half games up with twelve to play. Right. Six and a half up with twelve to play. Now it's hard to lose that many games, but their manager, who is considered. Genius. I mean, I, 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 it was genius was often used with Gene Mock, but their manager pitches bunning and short. How many times? Uh, what was it? It was seven of the team's last ten games. These two guys started six of those starts coming with two days rest. Uh, they lost all of them. <laughs> they lost all the last ten games. I bet you Dusty Baker still says positive things about about him. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, about Gene Mock. Um, so, uh, um, um, I'll give you another one. Yeah. All okay. Right. All right. Uh, a surprise team, uh, and this in a positive way. In a uh, positive way. Let's right. get back to the positive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the ninety Reds. Um, interesting. Very interesting. And I don't. I don't think of them often in this context. But go ahead. The. Going into the season, they have everybody looks at. They got one good starting pitching pitcher in Browning. Uh, they have a, a hard throwing, raucous bullpen, uh, but uh, nobody is. Barry Larkin is not Barry Larkin yet, and eighty nine was just through the red Cincinnati into such a funk. I mean that they. Uh, nobody wanted the job after Pete Rose is kicked out of baseball for good. And, and sure. that's in August of 89. So going into the 90 season, they, I mean, they end up uh, getting Pinella. He was not their first choice. Uh, that's uh, interesting. I think I Dallas, heard that before. Dallas Green was their first choice, I believe. Uh, Pinella came over and just did a heck of a job. You, you got to give him credit for that. But similar to Tory in '82, this was the Pinella right. coming out party, right? Pretty much so, thing. right? And I mean, Pete, you you have no the Cincinnati Reds up until that point. What they were Pete Rose's team. You know, uh, it wasn't just that he was a manager; it was his team. You know, you knew that regard uh, that. People were not going to loaf on his team. You know, I'm not yeah. saying he was a good manager or anything, but you know, it was. It was Charlie it was Hustle. Pete there. Rose's town. You know, it wasn't yeah. just his team. And interesting that's that's coming back. You know, I mean, it's really if it's not just here now, it's it, Pete Rose is being trotted out at seemingly every significant Reds event now. He was at, he was a big fixture of the All Star Game. He's on the post game coverage on uh, Fox right, during the right. the World Series. So, I mean, he's not 
reinstated, well, but isn't it back? Now it's Pete Rose's town once again? I don't think it'll ever be Pete Rose's town again. Yeah. That's and that's unfortunate, I guess. Um when you're watching the 90 Reds, um like I guess uh, let me expand this. Thinking of these teams, so the 82 Braves, the uh, 69 Mets, um staying in the positive, the 90 Reds, the 91 Braves, um taking the bias out of it maybe. What was the most exciting to watch cuz the 2002 Angels was just a fun team to start watching when they really started to get good. And you had that aha moment of like, wow, this team really has something. The 91 Braves to me, well, I mean, I, I know I'm biased, but this was, there were a bunch of young kids who grew up playing uh, in the same minor league teams. They came up as uh, a, a group and there a bunch of people like Greg Olson filling in that, were journeyman players that had the moments and everything seemed to fall in place. They liked playing with each other. It, every game, somebody else was doing it and then they're all, you know, as seemingly as happy as if they had done it themselves. It was, it was a magical thing to work. But I think that's, I'll tell you, the 67 Red Sox. I mean, you had that race with the Twins, the Tigers, uh, the uh, Twins, the Tigers, the Orioles, and the Red Sox going into like, I think that was it. Yeah, well, I, I know the Tigers for certain. I mean, the Tigers finished, I guess, just one game behind. The, you, I think year. it's in that the last week, all four of those teams were still there. Sure. Uh, and you, you look at the hitters and things on those other teams, and they were so much more stacked than the Red Sox. Here we but, go. From top to bottom, Boston wins it with 92 wins. Minnesota and Detroit both finished a game behind, tied with 91 wins. And then behind that, the White Sox, oh, uh, the White Sox. were three games back. Okay. They won 89. So, But, uh, I mean, that's ridiculously close. Right, right. I mean, the it, least. It, it, but it was a, a Roy Hobbs kind of thing for yeah. uh, uh, Yastrzemski. It was like uh, they need a double in this game, he gets a double. He, they need a home run, he hits a home run. Right. You know? uh, they need a great catch, he makes a great catch. You know, They need somebody to go over and help the little girl out of the stands. <laughs> yes, yes can do that to too. Yeah. He's and, a- and, and Lon Borg almost the same way. Pitching, you know, uh, not, he didn't quite pitch as much as Bunning and Short, but uh, pretty much ruined his career anyway after, you know, yeah. they threw him enough. <laughs> um, the great Yaz in this Triple Crown year, um, I mean, these, these, these numbers never get old, but uh, 326 for his... Uh, 326 with uh, 44 home runs, 121 RBIs. Um, just incredible. Just such and an you, incredible thing. And you've got to remember, next year is 68, the year of the pitcher, where right. and nobody in the American League hits 300. I think Yaz hit 300 uh, and wins the title that way. Uh, I mean, it was uh, hitting was so bad uh, at that time. Those stats by Yaz in 67 uh, he know, hit 301 in 301, 68. Yeah, I think it, and I think he led the league with 301. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, there, but um, so I mean, it, what he did in 67 was just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, all right. Let me ask you this: if uh, if the Padres, um, we didn't really talk about the Padres, but if the Padres were to make it to the playoffs, who are you giving credit to? 
whatever pitcher pitched the game that got him in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I just it can't get over. You know, they were the they were the talk of spring training last year. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. especially with those last few moves at the end of it all. But hey, they do have the All Star game there this year. Yeah, but there you go. I think I think the Padres, you know, would be the greatest outlier of this upcoming season that could have a, you know, I don't know. We'll never forget. <laughs> we'll never forget where we were in the 2016 San Diego Padres. Um, all right. So coming into home, coach. March 14th, Pi Day. You're in some pretty illustrious company with who shares this birthday with you. Who are you most proud to share this birthday with? And I'll give you a couple. Albert Einstein, um, Billy Crystal, um, and when you know it, Steph Curry. It's Steph Curry's birthday today I as well. I it was Steph Curry. How about that? I, I did know that. Uh, it was Einstein. I also know Casey Jones, the engineer. It was his birthday as well. Ooh, here's another one for you. S. Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A, born on this day. Well, that I'm not real particularly happy about. Uh, <laughs> Michael Caine was born on this day. Michael Caine, that's pretty good. Favorite Michael Caine movie? Uh, the Man Who Would Be King. Yeah, I need to see all of that because apparently there's no oh, DVD yeah. <laughs> version that has that complete film on it. If anybody out there has a full version of The Man Who Would Be King, also has Mr. Sean Connery in it. Yes. So please send that our way. The lost one. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you as always to everyone listening to us on Internet Radio Land. You can find every podcast, every YouTube podcast on runningthebases.com. Download the podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And of course, Watch the video version on YouTube. So for Coach Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast. We're coming into home and we're safe. Coach, happy birthday and have a good night. Good night.